Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Building PA Podcast, a podcast for construction professionals uh, recorded right here in the great state of Pennsylvania. I am one of your co-hosts, John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, and joining me as, as always is uh, Chris Martin. Hello, Chris. Hey, John. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Martin from Atlas Marketing, and we tell stories for people who build things. And John, it's been a while since we've talked. It's a beautiful day out. I can't wait to get outside and run around. But first, we've got a really good, business timely yes. business first. You're right. Yes. Timely. <laughs> uh, i got to focus. got to get these things done. Um, so what are we talking about today, John? So today, you know, I was looking back, you know, during the height of COVID-19, there was so much discussion about right-to-know laws in Pennsylvania and the release of information to, you know, business owners, general public, the legislators. Everyone wanted to know more about right-to-know. And I thought, someone I know is a right-to-know expert, and we should have her on the show. So uh, I'm pretty excited to invite a, a friend of mine, Holly Lupert, from the Pennsylvania Newspaper Association. Am I saying that title right, Newspaper Association, Holly? It's, it's the Pennsylvania News Media Association. We changed uh, it several years ago. Okay. Oh, got it. Mental <laughs> note. <laughs> Welcome, Holly. How's it going today? <laughs> Well, thanks so much for inviting me, John and Chris. It's absolutely a pleasure to chat with you both today. Uh, as John said, um, I'm Holly Lubart, Director of Government Affairs for the Pennsylvania News Media Association. Yep. Um, so our association represents over 300 print and digital news media outlets across the state. So you may know many of our members. Some of them include like the Patriot News, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, the Johnstown Tribune, et cetera, et cetera. So our mission is to advance the business interests of Pennsylvania news media organizations and to promote a free and independent press. And as you mentioned, in particular, we mainly deal with um, Pennsylvania's primary public access laws, uh, which is the right to know law, which has certainly been bantered about a lot recently, as you indicated, um, as well as the Sunshine Act. And, you know, we advocate for public transparency. Awesome. I, I don't know if you know this, but I was a journalism major in college at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, so keep up the great work. You know, it's always uh, enjoyable to read the newspaper and keep uh, the general public up to date. Well, thanks, John. I was actually a journalism major as well. I actually started my career as a broadcast journalist, yeah, okay. and then I kind of, yeah, um, so we have, a, we have a similar background, so I switched over a little bit more to the government lobbying side, um, but I've, I've been in this line of work for over 20 years, and in particular to the construction industry. Um, previously, I served as legislative director for the Pennsylvania Department of General Services and Director of Public Affairs for the State Chapter of the American Institute of Architects, which is um, where we met. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always enjoyed working with you, and your members are lucky to have you. Oh, well, thank you. You're too kind. And you're also a Shippensburg <laughs> University grad, correct? That's, I'm sorry? You went to Shippensburg, correct? Yes. I'm a proud Shippensburg University alumni, and... Uh, serve on the Alumni Association currently. 
Awesome. My dad's a proud alum, too. So uh, there you go. More in common. Awesome. Good stuff. Awesome. So, Give a chef. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, I have to throw this in here. I have to throw uh, this in. I was a PR major, and I went to Millersville. So there we go. Ha. Okay. More passion. <laughs> all right. Part of the passion system. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Yeah, can't, can't go wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about right to know. You just want to give us a primer, and then we'll pepper away with some questions and uh, hear your thoughts on on uh, the right to know law. Sure, sounds good. So um, as I mentioned, you know, there are two primary public access laws. Uh, the first is the right to know law, which requires agencies, you know, those are school boards, county commissioners, borough councils, public utility commission, et cetera, um, to provide public access to government records unless a valid exception applies, and I'll get into those a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And also the Sunshine Act, um, which requires those agencies to hold public meetings um, to deliberate business and take official action. So our association was really instrumental in the passage of Act 3 of 2008, commonly known as the Open Records Law, which fundamentally changed the right to know law by mandating a presumption of disclosure and shifting the burden of denial to the government. Hmm. The legislation was really spurred on by public, public distrust of the government. You know, at that time, there was the middle of the night legislative pay raise. You guys might remember that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, there, was <laughs> there were some numerous investigations, indictments of government officials, and there was really that kind of backroom secretive manner of government that was heightened at the time. So really, the right to know law helped promote a transparent government by allowing greater access to public records and to shed the light on activities of local and state government. And, you know, as, as John mentioned earlier, I mean, that certainly, um, you know, people are demanding access. They want information, especially in this time um, of, of COVID. So, um, you know, without access to government information, there's really no ability to hold government officials accountable. So it's a, it's a fundamental building block of the way our democracy functions. Um, and the law provides the public, you know, not just the media, but the public with the ability to inspect the operations for a more open view of their government operations. Mm -hmm. So I can talk a little bit more about the specifics in the law and then how it relates to contractors in particular, if that works for you guys. Or yeah, that sounds like a good, a good direction. Perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the newest version changed the definition of what is and is not a public record and created a state office of open records to oversee the implementation um, and compliance with the act. So the office of open records is really the agency that handles the disputes over access to public records. And then the courts hear appeals um, from the Office of Open Records. Hmm. So there are four types of agencies that are identified in the law, Commonwealth, Local, Legislative, and Judicial. And uh, the Right to Know Law requires agencies to appoint an Open Records Officer so that's the person they receive the records request, they direct them to the appropriate person, track the progress, and they can issue interim and final responses to requesters. So what records can you get from Commonwealth and local agencies? Well, the law presumes that all records 
held by Commonwealth and local agencies are open both for viewing and copying. Mm -hmm. So records include anything documenting an agency's transactions or activities um, that is created, received, or kept as part of the agency's business. And they're all public as long as they don't fund fall under one of the listed exemptions, um, and I'll get into the, some of the exemptions a little bit later, and specifically the ones to contractors. Um, if they, and also, if they aren't forbidden to be released by another state or federal law, and they aren't protected by a confidentiality privilege, such as like an attorney-client privilege. Okay. Um, fiscal records showing how the government spends its money are public. So that includes things like accounts, vouchers, contracts, salaries, audits, and other records that show the receipt or disbursement of public funds. Mm -hmm. um, it also covers legislative records. Um, agencies are required to accept open records requests, again, by anyone um, submitted in you know, various ways, um, mail, email, fax. I know it's a little dated there, yeah. <laughs> uh, but of course, you know, electronic means as well. So we're looking, that is one of the things that we're looking to, you know, update in the law, um, you know, uh, and I, I can talk about that a little bit more, um, you know, what we're potentially looking to, to update and some of the current um, trends that are going on. But um, like I said, any legal resident um, mm -hmm. can submit a records request, and once um, an agency receives a request, the open records officer they have to note um, the date of the receipt and the date which they must respond in writing to the request. Mm -hmm. um, and then they must either fulfill or deny the request or provide written notice that additional time is needed and the reason for the time extension within five business days. I know that's a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and if they fail to respond in writing within five business days, the request um, is deemed denied, and the requester may appeal to the Office of Open Records. Okay. Um, they can actually take an additional 30 calendar days to fulfill the request, um, you know, for certain things, um, if it requires a redaction, um, if a document has to be re retrieved from, you know, a different location, if there's a legal review that needs to be done, um, you know, or the extent um, or the nature of the request, preclude the response within the five business days. That's one of the things that our members see a lot. Um, you know, we are seeing, unfortunately, almost like an automatic 30-day extension no matter what. Um, okay. But the law, it's, it's not just for the media, it's for the public. Yep. I, I can vouch for that. I actually filed a right-to-know uh, request probably two years ago. I wanted to know uh, high school projects across the state, you know, how much where they contracted the build and, you know, what, what was the final cost. And, and all those timelines you described, that's exactly how it happened. You know, within a week I get a letter and saying that they're going to respond at such and such a date. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're following the law is, is, uh, at the Right to Know office. They're definitely following the law. I can attest to that. Hmm. So, so, Holly, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned there is a, you have to show cause for a denial. Can you explain that a little bit? Like, what, what is that? Like, just, it's not clearly, you know, I didn't feel like doing this or it's going to cause some problems. But can you talk a little bit about that denial? Yeah, so I would say um, 
you know, the agency, you know, certainly they'll look over the request. Um, they'll just decide whether or not the records actually exist or not, and then they'll make a determination um, whether or not they can fulfill the request or they need to deny the request. And there is an appeals process um, as well. So I can certainly talk about the um, appeals process if you would like. Is there a board that oversees the appeal? It's all, everything is done through the Office of Open Records, so they're the okay. ones um, that would oversee this. And if for some reason it would go even further, then um, the courts would um, come into play with regard to appeals. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so Holly, let, let's talk a little bit now about how the Right to Know Act can help um, the construction industry. Uh, John mentioned about how he had looked up, you know, previous school districts. Uh, could you give some examples, and can you talk a little bit about how it impacts the law and the office itself impacts the construction industry? Yeah, absolutely. So um, certainly, knowledge is power, and especially on construction documents where the status and amount of payments you know, terms of written agreements, the content of project documents, you know, those are key things. And they provide an effective and a lot of times overlooked way of obtaining construction project documents. Um, so certainly for contractors, this can be an effective way of obtaining some of those documents. Um, so, you know, why should contractors care about the right to know law? Well, you know, your records are subject to public disclosure under the Right to Know Law if you are working with an agency in the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. So the public can obtain information that they've submitted to the government, such as you know, responses to RFPs, certain insurance information contracts, um, records in the contractor's possession not submitted to the government if the records directly relate to the work that you perform for the government. Mm -hmm. um, so government contractors can use the right to know law to obtain information to help your business. Um, some common contractor documents that are public, um, contracts with government agencies, bids and associated records, uh, requests for proposals, bid invitations, plans, designs, blueprints presented at public meetings, prevailing wage records, um, invoices submitted to government agencies and payments made by government agencies. So really, um, generally any information that you give to an agency or which the agency has control over is presumed to be a public record. That being said, there are always some exemptions. Um, so um, I want to talk a little bit about um, specific contractors, the competitive bid provision. Mm -hmm. um, so this provision of the law requires public access to competitive bids so that the successful bid can be compared to the others that are submitted. So bids that are submitted related to procurement of disposal or supplies, services, or construction fall under this. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure as, as many of your members know, public access isn't required until the contract has been awarded or all the bids have been rejected. And um, some of the information that can be denied or redacted from a competitive bid record include, um, say, financial information of a bidder related to economic capabilities. So you know, often as part of an RFP or a bid invitation, 
an agency will require a bidder to submit information about your finances, you know, liquidity, cash on hand, lines of credit, outstanding debt, those types of things. Um, that kind of information is considered economic capability information. Um, and so they, you know, the agency could deny public access as part of the bid package. Mm-hmm. Also, the identity of the members, notes, other records of agency proposal evaluation committees um, established under the procurement code. Um, so um, many businesses routinely file these requests to learn how their competition responded to a bid invitation um, or, you know, or to an RFP to learn about how their um, you know, competitions um, bidding and, and practicing. So um, it, it's definitely a positive tool for your members. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, is the is the right to know office? Do they have to provide any sort of communication that, on who's requesting the info? I, I don't know if that's public record. Um, <laughs> so, so are you asking if um, the the uh, so, yeah, so so every so, so every agency has a um, right to know officer. Okay. Um, and so um, they're the ones that are that are in charge of this. Um, to my knowledge, there is no requirement, um, you know, to to kind of um, you know let the contractor know about a specific request. However, I will say, um, you know, they if they are requesting records. Um, from a contractor, then they do have to um, reach out to you if there's if, if there's certain records that um, they don't have in their possession. Okay. No, I meant as far that as that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I made my request two years ago to the PDE, Pennsylvania Department of Education, and I was just wondering if PDE or the Right to Know Office has to like list people that that requested their information. Is there a, a list of of right-to-know requesters. I don't know why that would be important, but I just it just popped in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, not to my knowledge, no. Okay, all right. So Holly, wh- what are some of the challenges that you face um, promoting this and helping people get through the, the process? What are some of those challenges? Well, um, you know, the right to know law process, it can be a bit of a tricky process, and there are a lot of requests that can be denied for numerous reasons. Um, so it's really important that, um, you know, members or, or, who, or a requester who's actually requesting the information request it in, you know, the proper format, because we have seen so many denials um, for, you know, one reason or the other, um, you know, so I would say that's one of the most important things. Um, you know, other challenges, like I said, um, some of the things that our members face, um, you know, is, is really, um, you know, just kind of that, that blanket denial of, uh, you know, a 30-day exemption, and uh, sorry, we'll give it to you in 30 days. And, you know, a lot of our members are, you know, you know, John, as a journalist, mm-hmm. I mean, you have a deadline, you're working on things. So, yep. you know, that can pose a problem, too, um, you know, trying to get very timely information um, when you're working, especially when our members, journalists, are working on a story. Mm-hmm. 
Are deadlines there? rule the world. Absolutely. Every industry. Yeah. yeah. And in the contractor world. Oh yeah, for sure. Are there are there certain agencies that get more requested or are there pop popular topics? Um, I'm assuming fiscal and tax money related is probably, you know, somehow one of the, the top topics. People want to know where their tax money's going. Yeah, there was actually a study uh, that came out, um, I want to say a year or so ago, that talked about all of the open records requests. And um, believe it or not, you know, there, there is not a, a ton of, you know, like agencies are not being inundated with requests, although a lot of agencies will say that they are being inundated with requests. Um, so there have been actually a couple bills that have been floating out there and, and, you know, we've certainly been involved in, you know, in these discussions and stakeholder meetings with the legislature and other stakeholders that have an interest. But um, some of the, the big ones um, are um, Department of, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, inmate requests. Oh. Um, you know, so that's a big one. Um, so there's a bill out there um, with regard to vexatious requesters. Um, another interesting one um, has to do with commercial requests. Um, you know, perhaps like pool fence companies or, or something that are requesting information from a local agency. And that really wasn't the original intent of the law. Um, mm -hmm. So that's another um, piece of the law that has been kind of bantered about recently. Um, you know, that we've had discussions on. Um, we have worked, you know, since the law is, you know, over a decade old, um, it was passed in 2008, you know, we've certainly been monitoring um, the implementation by agencies and the interpretation by the Office of Open Records as well as the courts. Um, you know, so it's certainly clear that changes are needed. Um, uh, Senator John Blake, actually has a comprehensive bill, it's Senate Bill 783, that we would, um, you know, love to see uh, get passed in the near future. Um, so, you know, certainly we've been working with him as well as many others on um, changes that are needed to the law. But, you know, like I said, um, the commercial requester and the vexatious requester are the ones that um, have popped up the most recently um, with concerns from agencies. Good. So so let me have, ask your opinion here. Is it, should we file a right to know request to require Pitt and Penn State to play football every year? <laughs> I, wonder why, I wonder why they're not playing. <laughs> I think, that, well, I think uh, that, that started right here on the Building PA podcast, yeah, by the way. <laughs> so that's how we're going to do it. That's nice. I like it. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that's, that's an interesting one, John, because um, there's actually no. another bill. There's a couple bills out there um, because, you know, there, we cannot get a lot of access to state-related university information. And so that's something that we've been advocating for as well. Um, you know, we'd like to get some more information. I mean, certainly, um, you know, they get public money, and the mm -hmm. public has a right to know how they're spending some of that money. So um, what we get right now is, extremely limited. So um, that's another, uh, you know, piece of the pie that we're, we're looking at. And, um, you know, the, the, um, one of the sponsors, you know, um, separated that out of the comprehensive changes to the right to know law, because certainly that's a, a huge issue and certainly a lot of, um, you know, uh, advocacy on, on this 
on the side of the uh, state-related universities. But, um, you know, we're hopeful that, um, you know, they will certainly agree that, um, you know, more transparency is needed. Yep. And by, by related universities, you're referring to University of Pittsburgh, Penn State, and Temple? Is that? Exactly, that yeah. Okay. Yep, just making sure. Yep. Yeah. And then obviously maybe we can get a good football game out of it too. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Holly, um, thank you very much for, for taking the time to talk with us today about this, uh, something that not only impacts the industry but society as a whole, and, and it's very important to so many different things. So um, on behalf of Building PA Podcast, I thank you. And uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add to, uh, you know, for, for the, the good of the cause and the, uh, the listeners? Well, once again, thank you so much again for having me. I mean, this topic is extremely uh, lengthy. We could probably talk all day about how the right to know law, <laughs> um, you know, impacts contractors as well as the general public. Um, but, you know, there's certainly a lot of um, good literature out there. I think that uh, your members um, mm -hmm. can educate themselves more about the law and um, filing appropriate right-to-know law requests. And, um, you know, um, I, I just really appreciate you um, taking the time to, to talk about this important law and to talk about uh, transparency and the Commonwealth. And, um, uh Keep, just, you know, keep up the, the good fight for the building industry. We're trying. And, and thanks to you for all your efforts in uh, keeping the public informed and letting the public know their rights and, and they can get information. So keep up the great work. Thank you. And, you know, uh, you know it's a, always a pleasure working with you and uh, your members and, um, you know, just trying to work on any legislation that we can together to uh, um, better things for the people of the Commonwealth. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Well, thanks Keep again it for going. On. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. This is yeah. a wonderful opportunity.